Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. I'm Heather Tice, and this is a place where the unexpected and sometimes crazy moments of life meet up with sacred truth. It's where we get together to talk with other real Christian women who are living out their purpose in a unique way that only their sovereign creator God could have designed. Our hope is that while you're here, you'll laugh a lot, be blessed by the ways that God moves among his daughters, maybe find an idea or two, and most of all, that you'll be inspired to live for him in the week ahead of you. So whether you're washing dishes, getting in some exercise, or just driving on your daily commute, we are so glad that you've joined us here at the Inspire Podcast. All right, welcome to Inspire Podcast. And today we have two very special guests with us, and I'm so excited to get to know them a little better and for all of you listeners out there to get to know these two wonderful ladies who have been an encouragement in my life. So we have Kimberly Combs here today and Kelly Murray. So say hello, ladies. Hi. <laughs> so it's great to have you here. Um, let's talk a little bit, just kind of about the basic stuff first. Let's see. Kelly, you were on staff here first. Yes. So we're going to start mm-hmm. with you. So Kelly, how long have you been here at Southern Hills? We've been here for over 11 years now. Oh, yes. Amazing. It is and amazing. it goes by very quickly. It really doesn't seem that long. I can remember still when we came down to Pensacola, we were, I don't know how many years the church had been in existence. I remember I had babies. I was just trying mm-hmm. to keep babies alive. So if I wasn't as involved with that interview process, which it's funny to there call. There wasn't much of an interview I process. I was just thinking that. It was kind of like, you're coming, right? And we were like, of course. We were down there. Josh, I think was, I don't, he may have been working as master's, but we were down there. Mm-hmm. My family came down and you guys were still working. You were teaching at the academy That's down right. there. And Fred was working at the college. And I remember we were just kind of hoping and praying you would come out and help. <laughs> and nothing like how we interview people today. Yes. There's definitely a, a real process now. But there mm-hmm. we were just like exhausted and had little children hanging on us. And I was so tired. <laughs> but I remember you guys were so sweet and you looked actually excited about coming out. So We were so excited. <laughs> yeah, that was our plan. So we're glad that you guys wanted us too. So <laughs> 11 years. And... Uh, You have two adorable little boys. Yes, I have two little boys, six and four. Shepard is six and Liam is four. And they keep me busy. And you Mm -hmm. homeschool. And I homeschool them, yes, which I really enjoy. You know, I'm a teacher at heart. And so I know for some women it's terrifying and it's not for them. But Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. So it's one of the things I look forward to. So um, teacher at heart, if you go to Southern Hills, you've probably seen Kelly because she's upstairs a lot with the kids. She is a phenomenal teacher, um, I think naturally gifted in that, and also, of course, trained. That was your degree, was in mm-hmm. education, had many years teaching. Yes. Um, so I love, I love, love, love when my daughter Savannah gets help in one of your classes. I've told you before because I feel like she is getting the best training by just being around you. So <laughs> well, that's thanks awesome. for serving. All right. And then we've got Miss Kimberly here. Hello. Yeah. And Kimberly, I know how long you've been here because we just kind of celebrated this year. We did back in June. Yeah. So 10 years. Correct. So about, I didn't realize though that y'all were just a year apart. Mm-hmm. It's all a blur now. I'm just getting old. No, <laughs> no, we're not. None we're of us not. are. <laughs> okay. And so let's see. Um, Kimberly serves here at the church and you've pretty much always served as a church pianist. That's correct. Even though from day are, one. Yeah. Even though you are a flautist. 
I am a flautist first. Yeah. I don't know if I can claim that anymore. I don't practice that one very much. Oh, you much. can still claim it, girl. So I love saying flautist. Okay. If you don't know what that means, it means someone who is proficient in the flute. I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she still is. I tell her they need to get a special going with that. But she has been our church pianist for years, and she is the most talented church pianist because she can play a song. She can boogie a little with it. Of course, sing <laughs> with it. And then she can make faces at me. <laughs> That's the best part. I love it when you're in my line of sight. So I can, yeah. we can have eye contact. It doesn't happen as much in the new building. It does I miss For it. For those of you who are at the old building, um, we used to kind of sit next to each other on the front row. And then I, we must have been causing too much trouble. They separated they us. us. Yeah. yeah. They made a bigger building and spread us all the way across. So they now did. I can never look at her when Josh says something weird. You know, I used to pass her notes. That's not how it happened. No, they're making us behave now. They said we had to. I would sometimes come in late from teaching a class or something, or at least that's what I say. I always have an excuse for running late, and usually it's a very holy one. But uh, I I would be coming in late, coming down the aisle, and I can never forget this. Kimberly would look over at me and give me this look. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever stuck your tongue out at me. I don't even know how to describe these looks. Well, I might have. In the old building, I could kind of hide where the piano was, and nobody could see me. (laughs) But I could see you coming down the walkway, so it was, like, perfect. So I can remember that. And so many times, I mean, she'd be playing this reverent, wonderful song and worshiping, and and then she would look over at me and just make this, and I would just be cracking up. So it was kind of our fun little Sunday thing, which... It was perfect. it's just a special memory. And you have four children. I do. Scott, my oldest, is 14. Madeline is 12. Micah is 10. And Emerson is 8. Oh, I can't get over that. It's, it's so strange watching the, the kids grow up, mm-hmm. isn't it? So, um, in fact, our kids, your kids in particular, and Savannah, my daughter, just had their first all-nighter. They did. In youth group. So, two, both of us, we had two kids out of the house. Yeah. Um, and what did, what did your kids think about it? They loved it. Yeah. They totally would do it again. It was good. And were they so exhausted the next day? Yes. They came yeah. home. One of them, my son was convinced he didn't need to go to bed. And like 10 minutes after laying down, he was gone until after lunch. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. I love it where they still have that confidence, that boyish confidence, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So great. And I guess we should mention your husbands. <laughs> Did I even say their names? That's just assumed since yeah. we have children. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they are married and they are not single moms. <laughs> no, but yeah, true. They serve with their husbands. Um, Jason's our program pastor. Yes. And leads worship at Southern Hills and pretty much anything to do with program. He's so. in charge of. So from things on the platform to special events to unique ministry threads, that's kind of what he's in charge of. Unique ministry threads. Mm-hmm. That covers a whole yeah. gamut. That covers almost everything that yeah. Kelly's husband isn't covering. That's very true. That's a great way to sum it up. If you take the whole church, you take out the preaching and some of the visioneering, and then you've got everything else that's these two men. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Kelly's husband is Fred Murray, mm-hmm. and he's the executive pastor, and he handles finances, um, HR-related stuff, mm-hmm. office management, a lot of the hiring process that we yeah. just referenced. All the building projects and oh, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these two men built this building. I mean, God built this building, but he used Jason and Fred and their families to do it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what about your pet peeve? <laughs> what is your pet peeve? As we get to know you before we get into serious stuff. Oh, I know what mine is. Or is it a serious thing? <laughs> no, well, I guess it could be. So before we were here, we spent a lot of time on the road in evangelism. So I spent a lot of time in a vehicle. And I hate it when traffic is merging. And you have the one driver who doesn't think they have to get over. So they drive the whole way down. And then they think someone's going <laughs> to let them over. 
That just that is my pet peeve. <laughs> and when we were first married, my husband was the nice one, and he would and I would be like, "Don't let them in," because I just think it's rude. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. my pet peeve. Now, does he still let them in? Because in Vegas, he's been driving here for no. He's years. become much more of a city driver. You I'm so to. proud of him. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I have two, and one of mine is a driving one also. Okay. So there's not a lot of four-way stops here. So it's irritating when you get to a four-way stop and no one knows what to do. <laughs> yes. So sometimes you just have to kind of go when it's clear because no one's going at the right mm -hmm. time. My other one is when you get out a package of food, and it could be a, like a bag of shredded cheese or a bag of pistachios, and it says on there, tear here. So you tear it, and it doesn't open it. So then you go to the other side where the tab is and you tear it from the other side and it still doesn't open it. So you still have to get out the pair of scissors and cut the thing open. Okay. And I think, why does it say tear here if that's oh. not going to work? That is a really, mm -hmm. actually a really good pet peeve to have as a pet peeve. Is that super irritating? And you know, somebody like, isn't that a mechanical engineer's yeah. job? Yeah, like, like move somebody, the tab down a quarter yeah, of an somebody inch. Somebody figured will open that out and was paid good money. It's like that you had one job thing. Exactly. Yeah, you had one job. Because you usually have to cut it below like yes. the little Ziploc thingy and, and then it doesn't even close. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. Okay. Now I'm all ticked off. Podcast over. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope you were inspired today. <laughs> no, but you can be inspired now the next time you go and open up that deli meat or whatever that thing is. And it works. And it works. When someone did their job well. And when they don't, just say bless their heart and try to move on with your day. Okay. What about this one? This one's kind of a tougher one. You've both been in ministry um, for many years, even before you came to Southern Hills, both of you were serving in different ministries. Mm -hmm. So if you had a book, maybe it's about your time at Southern Hills, maybe it's before that. But if you had a book that was written about your time in ministry, what would the title of that book be? <laughs> well, we were talking about this before we started. So yeah. I think I maybe have a better one now. But, you know, there's that new show out called A Million Little Things. Yeah. But that's kind of what I feel like I do sometimes, you know, which I enjoy Ooh, that. Yeah. I like being helpful. So like this morning, you know, I taught a children's class. Um, I entered in and did some computer work. I tracked down some creamer when it was out of the coffee. Uh, there was no creamer left. So I, I searched the whole building. I found creamer. I just like being <laughs> on like it's, it's just random missions that you find yourself on. Whatever yeah. anyone needs, I will go find it. I love it. And that's one of the things I can say that I love about both of you ladies is I think there's just that heart of investment that that servant spirit. And that is, OK, this is our ministry. And yeah, if something needs to be done. Yeah. And not that's not my job. I never, ever would imagine either of you saying that. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's what ministry. And if you're in service, if you serve um, in any way, in any shape and capacity, in any form of ministry, you probably can relate to this. I've had ladies tell me as we collaborate for ladies ministry. I remember one lady coming up after one of our conferences and she just got so tickled at the things that women would come and share with her because she was one of the leaders of the conference, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> things that she just needed to know or that, you know, she wasn't over, but she had to find an answer for. <laughs> so that's actually a really good one. And you even worked it into pop culture with a sitcom. Yep. See. So that's impressive. <laughs> well, and mine's really not so good because Kelly's doing all these great things and mine is going to be how no, can I, I be on yours. staff for 10 years and know how so few electronic things work at the church. 
I am not electronically inclined at all, which is why I love the piano. I don't have to push any electric buttons. It's beautiful. And oh, I just don't not know. Not yet. Not yet. Well, I still avoid the keyboard. <laughs> We've had incidents. So yes, I don't know how to get into things or unalarm things or get any printers or any things to work. And Jason does a lot of those things. So people assume I know and I don't. So... But you don't say, I don't think you have the desire to know. You're like, I don't need that information because you live a simple life. Like you, you that sounds bad, but that's it's one of true. your mottos. I'm like, not an electronic person at home either. is at your heart. And we're yeah. going to do a podcast on that one of these days, sharing with us how to simplify your life. Right. And I'm just not dedicated brings. enough or interested enough <laughs> to figure out how yeah. many buttons do I have to push to get it to work. So what's your key phrase when people ask you things? I'm like, that is such a good question. And I'm going to find the person who knows the answer. <laughs> or sometimes I yeah. know who to refer them to. But yes. I'm always like, I know you think I would know this, but I don't. Yeah. And so I think by now a lot of people have just stopped asking because I really don't know. I'm just so when we got in this new building two years ago, even more of our stuff went electronic. I mean, there's codes to get into doors. I can think of about you three You can't or four even turn the lights on in the auditorium. Right. Without like an and engineering And I still don't degree. know how to do that. Melissa has learned that. So I when have we to have call an event. Michael on FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> and he yes. walks me through the process of turning the lights on. Well, I know. I'm very proud of this. I know how to turn the air on and off. I have the code. That's a victory. And I overheard it. I was in an <laughs> office with thin walls at the old building. And I heard the contractor call one of the pastors who loves codes. <laughs> I'm looking at his wife right now <laughs> and I overheard it. I don't even know if he knows this. I don't know if he knows I have, it. I think he saw me punching in at staff planning. So he knows I have it now. It don't may get changed because I'm it'll cold like you are. So yes, it'll be our so little I'm secret. helping everyone, mm -hmm. but I heard it. I'm not kidding. I was sitting there doing my work and I heard him on the phone, speaker phone and asked what the code needed to be for the, the AC units. And I heard him and I wrote down the code Smart. and then I put it in my phone and I have memorized it. And so I'm all the time. I'm turning air. I'm turning air on. I'm turning air off. That's good. Oh, you're going to be my go-to person then. Seriously. I have the code. I'll share it with you after this podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on. So let's talk a little bit about ministry. So in anything, um, as we, as we serve in ministries, we're trying to let ladies get to know a little bit more about you. And as we're really, as we say at Southern Hills, every member is a minister. Everyone in the body of Christ is part of the ministry team, in a sense. We say the church is not Josh and Heather Tice. It's not Fred and Kelly Murray. It's not Jason and Kimberly Combs. It is we, the body. We are the church, as, as stated in Romans and Corinthians. And everybody should be serving. So as we talk about service, as we talk about ministry, of course, we're all privileged to be in full-time ministry. Our occupational job, I guess, our, our family's occupation or vocation is actually ministry mm -hmm. at the church and with people. So um, as we talk about this concept, and especially as we talk about, I really want to focus on full-time ministry. What are some things that are the most wonderful things, your favorite things about being in full-time ministry? And then we're going to talk about what's the harder thing that people may not realize about being in full-time ministry. Um, almost any occupation, you could say this, there's something good and there's something bad. Anywhere you live, there's something good, there's something mm -hmm. bad. So let's start with the good stuff. Uh, what is your favorite thing about being in full-time Christian service? Um, I think my favorite thing is just the people that I get to work with. And, you know, God has us all in a different place for a reason. And, of course, we need Christians in every workplace around the globe. Mm, and good. if you're someone who's working with um, people who are not saved, 
then that's where God wants you. And they need to see what that faith looks like. But, you know, this is where God has me. And one of the things I love about it is just the people I get to be around. Like us. You know? Yes. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, anytime you're working with people, of course, you're going to get on each other's nerves yeah. and you're going to irritate each other. But, you know, you just let all that slide because, you know, I know everyone else's heart. I know it's mm. the same as mine. It's good. Um, I know we are all working toward the same goal. And so it's just encouraging to get to be around people. You know, you have something in common with people when you're Christians. Yeah. No matter where you come from and what your background is, you know you have something in common. And it's just fun to be around people. Okay, so getting mm-hmm. to enjoy that Christian community mm-hmm. among coworkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're talking about, that everybody's going to get on everybody's nerves, that's so true. And I, I love that. We love each other, but yeah, there's times you're just like, oh, what are they thinking? And every once in a while, Josh will share a little bit of a story have you ever looked around at the church, church's expression, like people's expressions when he talks about <laughs> the life of the church, like the office mm-hmm. life and, you know, Fred and I had this tiff or this happened right. with a coworker or Jason and I did, you know, and something didn't go down well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he's always sharing it in humor, but people always, I mean, you can just see that. They look shocked. Yeah. It's like disbelief. It's so hard to believe that the pastors <laughs> ever disagree or don't get along <laughs> or are grumpy or... <laughs> Very rarely. That's one of my favorite things is watching. It's so hard because I sit up front. It's so hard for me not to turn around and just stare at everybody, you know, (laughs) because it is just hilarious to watch the expressions because sometimes people do have that idea that, okay, if you work at church, if you work as a pastor, pastors are never mean to each other. (laughs) And yeah, we're just people. It's true. We're people too. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's so true. There's the title of our book. We're people too. Oh, that's a good too. title. That yeah. is good. Yeah. I like that. Okay, Kimberly, what about you? Um, I think it's a mix of things. I love the fact that being such a part of the music team, I have had the opportunity to work with some really talented people. And I think people that I have also been able to learn from as the years have gone by, that has been huge. And I do love the fact, I know it's true for all of us, we get to work with our husbands. I think mine's very unique in the fact that Ours ties us closer together because we're both in music, but I know not all spouses um, know their spouse's world as well, and we so get to uh, have more of a bird's eye view because we're ministering um, hand in hand with our spouse, which I really think is a great blessing, and I do love that aspect of the ministry. I think that's one that always comes to the forefront when I'm being thankful. I think about if my husband was a businessman or working in maintenance or whatever, I couldn't always go in with him Mm -hmm. and, you know, even understand sometimes all the things that he's dealing with. And I love that I get to partner right alongside of him. That is a huge blessing that we get as pastor's wives. And I have to say this, I love hearing you and your husband work together. And I love hearing (laughs) stories about you working together. Just the other day I was upstairs and now our offices are kind of connected to our auditorium at this point. Yes. And uh, so I could hear you two practicing. They have Thursday night music rehearsal and just the conversation between you two. First of all, it was fun because I felt like I was like hearing another language because music people speak differently. Yeah, we're kind of guilty of that sometimes. Use terms that just made me feel so smart and so talented, even just sitting there hearing it. But then just hearing you two collaborate, it was so stinking cute. It is fun. fun. (laughs) I'm grateful that we can do it. I feel like we both respect each other enough Mm -hmm. musically that we can also really razz each other when one of us messes (laughs) up because we know it's not personal, but we will call each other out on on screw ups pretty good. (laughs) That's iron sharpening iron. I told you before, when I mess up at the piano, he always steps back 
and gives me eyeballs yes. from the platform. <laughs> yes. He won't look at me when he messes up, mm -hmm. but he always And we're still trying to find a remedy for that. So if you're listening to this and you have an idea, whether it's tomatoes that you keep in your purse <laughs> on Sunday to throw at Pastor Jason. But the problem is you're going to have to let us know because y'all are so good. None of us can tell yeah, when you mess up. Yeah, we can't tell. Oh, no. Mistake. Well, if you watch Pastor Jason enough, you'll know because he'll step back and look at me like. No, how are we going to know when he messes up so we can help mm, you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we need some kind of sign that you can give us. And we can all hiss or something. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> some some visitor comes in. The church is worshiping. You know, we're just worshiping Jesus. And all of a sudden, he hits a little bit of a sour note that nobody else notices. But Miss Kimberly, she looks at us and we all start, boo. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that the spirit we want? That's funny. In church. Would, he would learn. <laughs> no, but we'll figure out something one day because that is not, not right that he can give you a look. Oh, that's okay. But I give it to can't. him on the way home. Okay, there so, it is. Yeah, oh, no. He'll hear about it. Okay, good. As long as that's being yeah, taken care of. He doesn't get of. a free pass. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Good. Oh, All that's right. That's funny. Well, I don't like working with my husband, <laughs> and he agrees, so I can, I can say that because he feels the same way. But at home, he's all sweet and nice, but at work, <laughs> it's just business ready. Yeah. And I don't like it. And plus, yeah, he's funny. not a big talker, so if we've been around each other all day by the time we get home there's nothing to talk about because i know everything that happened to him and he knows everything that happened to me that's so, hilarious yes we both joke about that because we did work together for several years before i had kids that's right because kelly and, was our church mm -hmm. secretary in fact i think you may have been our first i think so church i think mm -hmm. you set up a lot of the systems that we use today yeah, yeah yes so. but thanks no. for that <laughs> we like each other a lot more when we're not working that's together funny. Yeah, I think Josh and I have a unique relationship. We thought when I came in and started working um, hourly at the church as my kids went back to school that, you know, we'd be having lunch together and all this stuff. But part of it's because we both take turns driving the kids to school. So we'll be on separate sides of town even from each other. And then our schedules are so different. We really divide and conquer. So there are so many days I don't even see him. Really? At the office, yeah. So we won't see each other till we get home. And you work on different floors. Yeah, we work on different <laughs> floors of the church, and there's only two. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny. And then the other thing that we have found in our marriage is we can work really well together when we're working at the church, but we can't always at home. Now there are occasional times where there's something heavy going on at church that we will have a conversation as a team, as a couple at home and we're talking and we're praying and figuring out what to do. And I can remember some of those moments, but ultimately there are even times I'll bring stuff up at home. Like, Oh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this and it's something with work and he will not do it because he just cannot handle bringing that work hmm. into the house. And that's usually where if we're going to fight, we would fight about it there, but not typically at work. Mm -hmm. So it's odd. We work well together at work we're the and opposite. we play well together. <laughs> like we hang out well together at home. We have fun, but we just, we don't bring work into the home typically. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what works. Smart. What about the difficult thing? And I know this can be hard to, to share and be real with people, but I think this is something that's interesting and, and service brings a lot of joy, whether you're just serving at nursery and church or you're serving in full-time ministry. And a lot of our ladies are probably curious as they listen saying, okay, what are the difficult things about being a pastor's wife? I can't imagine any bad things in being a pastor's wife. And then there may be other pastor's wives in ministry who are listening and kind of looking for just some encouragement or might be encouraged just to know it's not just them. They're not the only ones alone facing that. That can go a long way in encouraging somebody. So what's the difficult thing about being in ministry? I think for me, the very first thing that came to mind um, was the hours 
especially on my husband's end, the the hours that it takes. It's a lot of, when the kids were younger, it was harder because it seemed like, you know, it was always having to run back and do stuff, which was great, and he loved it. Now that everyone's older, it, it's not as hard, but I think if you had told uh, Kimberly at 21 the hours of ministry, I wouldn't have believed you because yeah. I just didn't know um, how much of our week it would consume. Yeah, and now you came from a ministry that was very different from church ministry. You came from evangelism. Right. So for those who don't know, um, there are our preachers and preachers' wives teams, ministry teams, that travel in RVs, typically. Yes, how they do we, that's what we had. They don't have horses and wagons anymore. They're not circuit-riding preachers anymore, but it's kind of what we've transitioned to, the modern-day circuit-rider yeah. in a sense. Um, it has a, a large RV. And they travel around the country and they'll do sometimes revival meetings for mm -hmm. typically a week or would yes. it be half a week? Sometimes, sometimes we were at camps, sometimes we were doing special events or even at colleges for different things. Mm -hmm. So for the first seven years of our marriage, we were literally together 24 seven. So I remember the first day he came to work here and he walked out the door and I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a 15-week-old and he had never left me at home to go to work and I remember thinking where are you going <laughs> you promised you're going to come back tonight it was it was a little shocking well, and it was Southern Hills. <laughs> it was fabulous we so knew we were supposed to be here but I mean we had just been a team so it was right. weird having him leave um, so I do think the hours are hard and if I was counseling someone new in ministry mm -hmm. I would just think I would challenge them to lay that at the Lord's feet and to see it all is profitable and to strive as so a family. Let, let's talk about the hours a little bit more before we, cause you're, you're moving on and so it's talking about like, here's, you know, let's talk about giving this to the Lord. But what do you mean the hours are weird? I mean, do pastors not work from nine to five? <laughs> Some do, but there's other hours besides nine to five in there. For my husband, it's a lot of late nights because he's kind of responsible. I, in my husband's mind, Sunday's always around the corner because it is always around the corner. So you're prepping from Tuesday through Saturday for Sunday. So there are a lot of very late nights. He, and there are times I recognize there are seasons at church. There are some seasons which I acknowledge are just very busy. And so as the wife, I try to step back sometimes and be like, I know this is busy. I recognize that. But then there's sometimes when it slows down where I will kind of step in and have to say, let's regroup a little bit. It's been a little too busy. How can we pull back a little bit? So we try to ride the seasons well. And he's good about that. And he likes it when I s remind him sometime. Okay, we've been going at this speed. How about the kids and I have you for this pace for a little while? And can you give us any tips on how to do that? Because I know there's a lot of probably ministry wives out there. That's a question I've heard quite a bit from younger wives. I can't believe there's younger women out there than us, y'all. We're not the Shocking. we're not the spring <laughs> chickens anymore. And so I am learning as we grow in ministry that more and more there are opportunities for me to reach out to that younger woman. And that's a question I've heard before. What tip would you give to a younger ministry wife who her husband's a workaholic? And it's not just that I love what you said. That's so important. Recognizing there's a busy seasoning, being that team player, praying them through that, supporting them through that. But obviously we can't live like that all the time. Right. It's not healthy for him. It's not healthy for your family. How do you bring up that conversation? How have you learned? And was it always just an easy conversation for you to have? Or if there are things that you've learned in communicating with your husband about that? I think I learned, A, I one of my goals was to always think 
well of Jason so that I was trying to to remember he wasn't avoiding something and he was really actively serving and pursuing something that was important. So I didn't try to take it personally. But there were times that I would have to sit down and be willing to express this is what I need and I recognize this is a priority right now. How can we um, look at the schedule and see to fit in some things that the children I need. And he was always very good about that too. And I, and I give him kudos to the fact that when he was home, he was very engaged at being home. He worked at that. He didn't come home and flop on the couch and say, oh good, I'm home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the game or do whatever. The time he gave us was very quality time, which I think helped me flow with the busyness of the schedule. So a lot of that was, I feel like, on him. So you have two things that I've got to point out before we move on that I thought were so good in that. And Kelly, you can jump in anytime with <laughs> comments here too. But I noticed you said, how can we? And the idea was, it seems like you kept it, uh, we're a team, not you were doing this, you were leaving me home alone. So if you're a wife out there and this is something you see, and God may have, I mean, he put you in this marriage and this family as a mom and it's a wife for a reason. God is sovereign and he may have given you that insight to your kids need this time, you need this time. And but approaching it the right way and saying, listen, we're a team, not saying you're this bad person, but coming in saying, you know, you are such a good provider. You've done this. How mm -hmm. can we work out the schedule so that you get a chance to rest so we have family time? And then that second part I was going to bring out was you used a question. Um, coming up with alternatives, not just saying you need to take next week off. <laughs> right. I never wanted him to felt like it was a choice. He had to choose the ministry or choose being at home because we, at least from our perspective, see it as our family's in this. This is our choice. So all of it, it's not just what he does, it's what we do. And so if I was struggling on my end, then he was going to recognize it's a we factor too. Mm -hmm. That's really good. That's important. I think in marriage is seeing it as a team. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. I love it. What about you, Kelly? What is some of the difficult, the, maybe the, the hard parts about being in ministry? You know, I thought a little bit about what you said, Kimberly. Um, right now we're not in a busy season. Um, He's regularly coming home, you know, by 5.30 or 6. It that seems like it's done. very nice. Yes, I can think <laughs> back to times. Season. I think back yeah. to times when it was like that. And I think it, it takes um, flexibility, like you talked about with the seasons. It takes creativity. So, really and ministry good. is very last minute. And there's times where my husband will forget to tell me and he'll say, oh, I have, I have to go to dinner with this person or I have this meeting or I forgot I have this thing in the morning. And you just have to be like, oh, okay, you know, and just, you know, roll with it. And um, I remember when he was doing the building project, um, a lot of times I would just bring dinner mm -hmm. and we would eat outside on the green space. I've done that before. And then he would be back to work until 11 o'clock at night. And then I would make sure I stayed up late and we would have some time together when he came home. But, um, yeah, you just have to kind of roll with it and you can't get upset about it. Right. And you realize your husband's doing the best he can and... Yeah, just try to carve out that family time. I love that creativity aspect that you brought out and the idea of not being angry, but that's really biblical love there that you just said, you know what, here's what I can do for him. Instead of saying, please be home at six tonight, just come home for 30 minutes, you know, which mm -hmm. is what we might want to tend to do. And especially, I mean, you had children at this point. It mm -hmm. wasn't just you coming in. Yeah. So you bringing in the boys. And so coming in and making dinner and saying, you know what, I'm going to make it up easier. Picking up dinner. 
Oh, picking up. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. Now, there was the, the wisest words we've heard in this podcast mm-hmm. right yes. there. Don't be afraid to pick up dinner. <laughs> that's, that's sometimes what helps. It takes the stress out of the marriage mm-hmm. instead of striving for, for, for perfection. Mm-hmm. Just going with what makes life easier. Life is busy. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. But I love that you said, you know what? We're going to do this special thing. We're going to work with a schedule. We're going to work with the season. And just being a blessing to your husband and probably some of the sweetest memories for your family. And I think even what I see with bringing your children along and making it creative instead of making your children hate ministry, because that's what you see sometimes Mm -hmm. in pastors' families. I love that that's not the case with our, our staff. I love that our staff kids love being at church and love being in the ministry. And I think a large part of that is because of that perspective of we get to go have dinner with dad at the church. How cool is this? You get to come here and see the church being built and have dinner with dad, a picnic outside. Instead of complaining, I think our spirit and having that right spirit goes mm-hmm. such a long way um, in mm-hmm. e- even the tough times. And that's not easy to do because there are times you're tired and times that it's just an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep that right spirit? How do you How do you teach that to your kids? How do you maintain that even when times are difficult? I don't know. I do talk to my kids a lot about it because my kids are, I'm a very scheduled person. And so are my kids, especially Shepard. He likes a routine (laughs) and sometimes he's a little put out when that routine changes. So we do talk about it quite a bit of saying, you know what? Every day is different and whatever happens, you just go with it. I always Mm -hmm. say that to him. You just go with it. And so, and anytime I don't have to cook, I'm fine with that too. So I'll I'll go pick something up and I like leaving the house. So if I can go and do something and it's like having a little adventure just so every day is a little bit different. So I think that's another ministry title right there. Just go with it. That is a good one. Just go with it. That sums it up. (laughs) We could get in a lot of trouble with that one. There are, there's some other (laughs) churches that would probably say, no, don't just go with it. But you know what we mean, Mm -hmm. listeners, you know what we mean. Okay. What about verses? I know for me, um, sometimes the Lord will just draw my heart to a certain scripture that I have a life verse. I have a verse that I claimed for our marriage. Um, it was on our wedding invitations. And then I have a ministry verse and maybe you have a ministry verse that you say, this is the one that just, um, uh, just sustains me in the tough times. It's the one the Lord brings me back to, or maybe it's one recently that the Lord has just brought you to. So Kelly, what about you? Do you have one? Uh, yeah, well, these have been my favorite verses for, I don't even remember how long. Um, at least a decade, I would say. And it's Galatians 2, 20 through 21, which says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I love that for two reasons. First of all, it reminds me that it's not all about Kelly. (laughs) It's about Jesus. So the life that I have now, it's not always about me. So it helps me to not get upset when things are not going my way because it's not really about me. Um, And the second part I love because when I was a newer Christian, I always struggled with the assurance of my salvation, always wondering, always doubting, getting resaved every night (laughs) over and over and over just to make sure I said the words the right way. Um, And the second verse that I read, it says, you know, if righteousness comes by, you know, what I do, then God is up there saying, then why did I send my son to die? Mm. It's what, for nothing? Because you think you're doing it yourself? And so, you know, once I kind of got that settled, and I love this verse, and I just, I never struggle with that anymore. That's settled, and I have such peace. So, And that was a verse that helped you get that nailed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's great. What would you say to somebody who's struggling with that assurance of salvation? I mean, you kind of, I guess you kind of said it right there. Yes. But it's just that, okay, he did it all. I would say, you know what, God, he's not a cruel God. So he's not up there saying, mm-hmm. um, oh, you didn't say the magic words. <laughs> oh, you didn't say it right. Oh, oh did you really mean it? Because yeah. he knows your heart. You don't have to say any words at all. You're supposed to believe in him. If you understand mm-hmm. and you believe him and you're choosing him to be your savior, you've got it. It doesn't matter if you said the right thing. And it's not up to you. Because if you could lose your salvation, we would have already done it. Oh, that's right? so true. Every day. Yeah. So it's not up to you. It's it's up to him. It's what he yeah, did. Yeah, it's dependent on him. It's not on your shoulders. It's on his. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. I love what you just said about he's not a cruel God. That is good. I think that's how our hearts are so naturally drawn to me. I always think about the the contrast between our true God mm-hmm. and the man-made gods, mm-hmm. idol worship. And our God is so personal. He's such a personal God invested in us, caring about us, caring about what's going on in our lives. And when you hear about idols and the stories about these false gods throughout all of history and different cultures, they're always so, um, there's so petty. much fear and they're petty angry. and they're angry. Mm-hmm. And like what you just said, there's cruelty there. Mm-hmm. And I think our hearts are so drawn to that because that's who we are. Those false gods are more a reflection of our hearts mm-hmm. than of the true God. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's just beautifully said. What about you, Kimberly? Um, I don't feel like I, sometimes in different seasons, I maybe get a verse. If I'm really in a season, it seems like more the Lord will give me a song and I can sing that song over and over and over or listen to it over and over and over. Um, And then six months later, it might not mean as much. Do you have a ministry song? No, not right now. I don't. It depends (laughs) on what season I'm in. But the verse that I've gone back to for, I guess it is my life verse. It's the only verse that ever really sticks out. And it's applied in so many different areas. It's always Psalms 118 verse 6. It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? And I do think this applies to ministry because um, God has called us to serve him. And it's really about us bringing him honor and glory it's we love the people that we serve alongside, um, but it's not their opinion that ultimately matters, you know. Mm-hmm. And just to keep that perspective, um, when even on the stage we were laughing earlier about mistakes, and there's times you just have to say, Jesus, I'm doing this for you, you yeah. know. If it really crushes someone's heart out there, I'm sorry, I'm not playing for them. I hope they'll yeah. come alongside us and worship with us, mm. but. Um, other people's opinions don't really matter. That's really good. And people can get opinionated. <laughs> Never. Especially about music. <laughs> and not just music, but program. You, you move the offering to the end instead of the front. And oh we don't goodness. keep things the same. As humans, we don't handle change well, do we? And no. so sometimes that's not always the easiest place mm-hmm. to minister. Mm-hmm. So any little change can bring frustration, but that's not why we do it. Right. I love that, that perspective. Okay, so kind of wrapping this up, I've got two questions for you. Um, one is this, what can ladies do to encourage pastoral staff? Maybe we've got ladies listening, even in another church. Um, what is something that you say, you know what, this is something that ladies have done for me that as a pastor's wife has encouraged my heart or that I've seen done. And it just, what has really been something that you'd say, this is something you can do to encourage your pastor's wife. Well, when I was thinking through, what are the things that ladies in the church do to encourage me. It wasn't so much about them doing something for me, you know, like a card or a note or an encouraging word, but I'm just encouraged so much when I see other people in the church and I see their faith playing out in their lives and I see the faith that they have and I see the growth that they're making. And, you know, when you see us as 
pastor's wives, you might assume that we've got it all together or we're at some other level than you are, and we're really not. And when I see everyone else in the church and they're, they're just sharing where their heart is, it is so encouraging. And I have two examples. One of them just happened today. And it's a lady that, that I was talking with, and um, she's having a baby, and she was telling me how, well, the whole, the whole reason, the whole purpose in her having a baby is so that she can train this child to love Jesus and share Jesus with oh. others. And that was just so encouraging to me because, wow. And another one is a lady who I feel like she goes through her life with her eyes open, seeing every person from God's perspective and genuinely caring about every person which I can get lost in the busyness of things. And she always encourages me because um, she really sees and thinks about each person that she comes across. See, and I love your answer here because, and it's nothing wrong with saying a note or a card. So Kimberly, if that's your answer, no, it's, it's okay. My answer. <laughs> well, it but was, but it's not now. Honestly, no. sometimes I've been asked this um, and I'm scared to give my answer because it's very similar to yours because I know there are a lot of pastors' wives and different ministries out there that they just, they want to be loved on. They're really hurting and there are ministries where they need a, a woman to reach out to them, take them out to lunch. I've, I've read, you know, I'm in groups on Facebook with pastors' wives and there's some hurting women in ministry out there. There's some, some very difficult places to minister. And um, I think we're just so blessed at Southern Hills. We're, mm-hmm. we're at a church that really has just been a blessing to us. But I feel the same way. People have no idea, but sometimes the thing that encourages my heart the most is that the Christians living out their life, seeing mm-hmm. them take steps of faith, that that you get to be there and be a part of and, yeah. and be with them. And then when they serve other people, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes more than people, and women would be so surprised to know this, but more than bringing me a birthday card or a birthday cake, I love it when I see women bringing other women mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. a birthday card. They remembered their birthday. They you know, brought that one a birthday cake. I'd rather someone do that for someone else than for me. And it's not because I'm such a holy, wonderful person. I think it's a very selfish reason because it takes some of the, I tend to feel the pressure of, oh, is everyone being cared for? Mm -hmm. And seeing the church do what the church is supposed Mm -hmm. to do and seeing it's not on my shoulders. It's not about me in the Mm -hmm. sense that I have to do it all. It's we as a body are caring for one another. And it just blesses my heart so much to see people reach out to one another Mm -hmm. And so often, like you're saying, I don't know if you told these women, I, I try to tell people when they're blessing, we don't always get the chance, mm-hmm. but you would be shocked. Women, sometimes when I have told them, they're so shocked to see that I noticed or to understand how that would be a blessing. But that is sometimes too. It is because it encourages your walk with God. And you yeah. think, I want to be more like that person <laughs> or yeah. you know what? I haven't been doing that in my life and I want to do that. And I think it's that team concept. It's, we all want to be a part of something mm-hmm. and it's that mm-hmm. feeling of I'm a part of we're doing this together. Yeah. I'm not alone here. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kimberly? What would you add here? I think it's it's kind of simple and maybe silly. It encourages me, encourages me the most when church members will introduce themselves to me. Our church body has gotten so large that I don't get to meet everybody. And I think sometimes maybe they feel like a staff, they don't want to go out of the way to come find us. Or like, especially if we're out in public and we're not at church and I run into people in the grocery store because I'm often on the platform, people have seen me, but I haven't seen them. So when they come up and they go, oh, 
you go to Southern Hills, don't you? And then I get a chance to actually connect with them. But they took that first step that I might have not even known to take. That always encourages mm-hmm. me that they went out of the way. And then I feel like I've connected with them. And then I can really have that conversation. Um, but if they hadn't initiated it, it wouldn't have happened. And I always appreciate it when people make a point to introduce themselves. That's a really good one. Now, let me ask you this. Do you mind if they introduce themselves to you multiple times? Like if they come up and say, you may not remember, but I'm Heather. Oh, no. (laughs) Use your name frequently when speaking to me. (laughs) Those are my favorite people in the church. The people that just will. I have such a bad memory with names. I do too. I say that's one of my thorns in the flesh, my memory as a pastor's wife. And it just kills me. And so those sweet, wonderful people, you know who you are, who you come up and say, hi, it's me, so-and-so, and and you give me the wonderful privilege of saying, oh, I know. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. (laughs) Like, just keeping it real here. But I love that because, especially for me, out of context, um, sometimes I'll see familiar faces. One time I saw my Target lady in the Walmart, and I thought it was a church person, and I'm, like, trying to wave at her. Not realize it took me to like two hours later because she didn't respond. And usually church people respond pretty quickly. But <laughs> sometimes I'll see a face and I won't remember. So it really helps jog my memory mm-hmm. if we're out and you say, we're from Southern Hills. We're so-and-so. And just assume, like, I probably do know you. We went through Connect, but that's so And we want great. to know you. Yes. So always know that we want to know mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, so don't. And like you said, I can get tunnel vision when I'm out of the store. And sometimes I yeah. pass people and I go, oh, I think they were trying to make eye contact. Oh, maybe I know them. And so I wish. So <laughs> I mean, were, I just love or that. Or were they people. just weirdos? Hey, see, I don't know. So <laughs> don't come know. introduce yourself and tell yes. me you go to Southern Hills. Yes. Yes. Come up and let us know. Lead with that. I go to your church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, last, this is what we'll kind of close with. Do you have any maybe podcast or books or anything that would be a resource or something that you would recommend to the ladies, something that's been a blessing to you? Obviously, this podcast, you better subscribe. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, I don't ever listen to any podcasts. Um, I have a couple books that I wrote down. Okay. And one is the one that we've both read, Heather, uh, the, um, the Rachel Hollis book, um, Girl, yep. Wash Your Face. Which, and that one's just fun to say. I loved reading that in front of my kids because they'd be yes. like, my, my girls would be like, girl, wash your face. You get all sassy with it. Makes it makes you feel cool reading it. <laughs> um, I felt like it was just so real. It's a book I feel like every woman should read. Yeah. Um, and there's another one called Captivating. Do you That's remember reading list. that? You, you told me about and that. I don't remember who it's written by. I could look it up real quick. So you told me the gist of it is it's about being a woman and that God made us to be captivating. It's and a lot about of the things him. you naturally feel yes. are not wrong things. Yes. They're actually God made things. It's the way God made you to be and embracing that. And, and, as the author, she's writing it, it's like she knows what your deep down desires are as a woman. But those are the things you've always told yourself are wrong or frivolous. And she's teaching you, no, that's who God made you to be. Like you can embrace who you are because that's who God made you to be. And it was so freeing and it was so beautiful. Um, and then Girl, Wash Your Face is just, it's just real, honest book. It's funny. It's got a lot of really funny stories in it. She kind of yeah. makes fun of herself a lot. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She's very honest about the things um, where she's messed up and funny things that have happened to her. But it's just straight talk. Like if you need to hear some straight talk to kind of get your life in order and to encourage yourself, 
then that's it's a really fun read. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that one. And I enjoyed um she writes to a much broader audience than just a Christian audience. She does. And so a lot of the books I read are so written to Christian women mm-hmm. believers. I enjoyed hearing the perspective of communicating spiritual truths to People that aren't familiar with the mm-hmm. Bible and the way she presented some of those things, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Her whole goal yeah. in life is encouraging women. It's so really good. everything in the yeah. book is not going to discourage you. Everything she's going to do is encourage you. All right. What about you, Kimberly? What you got? Well, definitely the one the staff ladies did this summer was a favorite of mine before we got mm-hmm. into it, which is None Like Him by Jen Wilkins. And, and we got to talk about that. That's it, all about God. It's fabulous. The subtitle is 10 Ways We Are Not Like God and Why That Is Good. Yeah. And I honestly, a friend had told me about that before we read it as a group of pastors wise. And I remember thinking, okay, I went to Christian school and Bible college. I know I've been in church since I was a little girl. I know that God is everlasting. I know that he knows all things. I know that he's all powerful. Like I didn't think I was going to get that much out of the book. And it was one of, I'd say my top, probably five, top five all time books Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Um, She is such a good teacher and she brought out so many fascinating things that made you appreciate who God is and realize how we try to live in those ways that we're not made to live in. I agree. I don't reread books typically, and I've already read okay. this three times, and mm-hmm. I think I will wow. probably continue to reread it. I really love that book. I've read it twice, and mm-hmm. it's, like you're saying, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Another one, um, because you know how I am with getting rid of stuff, a big book I read <laughs> this year that was impactful is called The More of Less by Joshua Becker. He was on pastoral staff at a church and really kind of embraced the um, valuing um, all things that God has given us and how when we try to fill our hearts with things just to have things, um, we can lose sight of God. And it was a great book. I just, that was this year's book that I just love the more of less. Well, thank you both for being here and sharing so openly. Um, yes. I look forward to having podcasts okay. later on. I know each of you, we've already been talking about the wonderful things that we're going to have you come back and individually just kind of share with our ladies on different spiritual truths and some things that God's been teaching you. But I love you and appreciate you. And thanks again for joining us for the Inspire podcast today. Kimberly and Kelly did a great job of giving us a glimpse into what it's like being married to a full-time ministry leader. Now, some of you may have said, you know, this doesn't really apply to me or I'm in a different stage of life. As these podcasts come up, please don't ever skip past them. Our goal in sharing these various stories is to help us fulfill Galatians 6.2. That verse says that we are to bear one another's burdens. That's how we fulfill the law of Christ, that royal law of loving others. How can we possibly love, care, and pray for others if we don't know the struggles, the needs, the pressures they're facing? So every podcast is going to help you in understanding that. Every podcast is going to help you grow as a woman of God. Make sure you tune into all of them. We're so glad that you joined us. Thank you for being a part of the Inspire Podcast.